0: (laughs) Hey, everybody, this is Johnny Silvercloud and Chief Infame, Infame. and we're here to talk about um, Black Panther Reflections, man. You know, we want to reflect on... um, is movie and society and black people, black culture, everything that's in between. So, those who have not noticed, I've seen a movie, <laughs> and, uh, and mommy also seen a movie. And we also have observed a lot of the behaviors surrounding the movie at hand, you know, um, a lot of people out here enjoying themselves, dressing up and everything, and you know, it was good stuff. So uh, what are your thoughts? And vomit. I actually got
1: the actual soundtrack from the movie playing in the background. That is the actual soundtrack. From <laughs> <laughs> the
0: beginning to the end of how the movie goes. Hold up. Uh, the the, first song you got the sound score or the soundtrack?
2: The actual score is the sound
0: score. Ooh, damn. Well You got it off of iTunes or where you got it off of? YouTube, baby. YouTube? Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, because I have the soundtrack. I have not gotten the sound score. But I do keep in touch. I do keep track of. Uh, you say what?
1: I said I'll forward it to you after we're done.
0: Almost deaf, but yeah. Um, the guy who made the sound score, his name is uh Ludwig Ludwig uh, He's Swedish-born, and in regards to um Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther. Um, Ludwig Göransson. he went to... They both went to film school together. So, they both, like, learned the trade from the same school. You feel me? Is he the guy with the soundtrack to, uh, Creed, to... Creed, yes. Yes, he, I got he's that sound score, with, too.
1: He's not only done three movies with him, because I saw that in your review. He's actually been with him for three movies, but Michael... And the director have done almost all their movies he's like been in
0: every one of his movies since Fruitvale Station. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Every one. It's
0: crazy. Yeah, man. It kinda reminds me of like how looking at looking at it like a triangle, right? You have you have Ryan Kugler as the director, you have Michael B. Jordan as the actor, and you have uh Ludwig Gorenson as the sound sound design, you know, sound score guy, composer. Now, you look at back in the day, you had Tim Burton, um, Johnny Depp was the actor, and you had uh, Danny Elfman on the sound score, composer, you know, and it's like, they always appeared, Easton Tim Burton had Johnny Depp, but he always had Danny Elfman on the the music, the sound score, and uh, it was pretty damn amazing, man, some good shit, some good shit. It's a a good thing, it's
1: something that... It's really weird because I'm from California, so I know a lot of people in Hollywood. And um, even B-ranked C-list actors, once they get a film crew, they stay with them and just try to find different ways to do it. i give you a perfect example. Rocky Balboa, the Russian guy, and everybody that was in a Rocky or a Rambo movie still does movies with Rocky Balboa.
0: Russian guy talking about Dolph own- Lundgren?
1: No, all of the guys in all the movies, every last single person he's ever had in his staple movies, he
2: still does movies with to this day, with Sylvester Stallone. Oh wow. The same thing with Tom Cruise. Everybody that was in like Mission Impossible and all
1: those other movies, he still does movies with all those people that he's still friends with. Mm. Um so when you get like relationships like that where somebody's like, I'm doing a movie or oh, I know I know I'm gonna be in it, you know you already in it. You ain't even gotta ask. What you talk about? You're the main character. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay, cool. Who am I playing? You playing Rocky? What? I'm black. How's that gonna work? Well, what, what's gonna happen is, okay, you are gonna be Creed's son, and Rocky's gonna train you. Okay. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm listening. <laughs> you gonna be you gonna be the Black Panther too, huh? <laughs> and that's just how it goes. So they they have like one of those chemistries. It's the same thing with the people from Seinfeld and TV shows. People
0: that Saturday Night that Live. People, yeah, the folks from Saturday Night Live—they like to hang out with each other too, man. Like, uh, Chris Rock has a movie; he's gonna put David Spade in, and all these, all these other Saturday Night Live uh, like alumni and stuff. So, yeah.
1: You can almost guarantee if you see Jamie Foxx in a movie, Robert Downey Jr. is gonna show up in that movie somewhere because they're actually friends in real life, like real good friends. <clears throat> he brought him a horse for his birthday.
0: <laughs> how about uh? How about Adam Sandler and Rod Snyder? Rob Snyder, whoever that dude is. He's in Who's every right? He's that dude like you can do it, you know, the big four-headed white dude that uh always shows up with oh, no eyebrows. The one
1: that always acts like a retard.
0: Yeah, he um like Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo, him.
1: Right, but they came up together doing movies. They were in like the first two couple movies they did together were What was the first two movies that Was it Adam Sandler? Was it uh
0: uh I don't know. The first movie I, I saw can do more. And Happy together. Oh no! No! Oh no! Uh, Rod Snyder's first movie, first movie I've seen him in was called Necessary Roughness with Sinbad, Scott Bakula, and a few other randoms. It was like a f- but the
1: first movie, the first big movie they did together was Happy
0: Gilmore. Okay.
1: Remember
0: he was the pool guy in Happy Gilmore. He was Ooh. the one clinging the pool. I gotta see that again because I missed him and I missed him as a pool guy. The guy that stole the show for me was the guy who um, Ben Stiller as the guy who's like you know. Beating up old people in that damn uh nursing home, you know, nursing home and shit. That, that's got that to stole the show for me as far as cameos. <laughs> Telling Ben. Just, that. Gotta, you just gotta give it a little put,
1: just a little tap, happy, just a little
0: tap. Carl okay. Carl Weathers, go. hell yeah, yeah. But um, got tap. one of the things I want to talk about is how it seemed like there's a lot of folks out here who, and it's just black people. It's not even white folks doing this, but there's a lot of black folks out here. They want to like steal everybody's joy man and it's like i get it look i'm a movie buff and you're not i can like flat out see not you talking to you but like them like i'm a movie buff you're not i got it i I got it but if you're not a movie buff then don't be talking about movies i mean don't don't bother folks i'm not an nfl dude but i'm not gonna sit there and sit there and bash bamas in the head let everybody know i'm not watching super bowl and I'm not watching and not keeping up with teams and stuff like that, you know, I just don't care. You know, um, I don't like white folks potato salad, but I'm not going to keep on mentioning it. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, I, I find it really.
1: It's funny. The topic changed and the, the movie score changed <laughs> to dramatic music. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, social reflection is real hard for people to understand. Like on the last one, we were talking about why you see a suit as dressed up or dressed down as opposed to why you don't see African clothes as uh, prolific, even though there are dressy African clothes to just working in the field African clothes. It's just social dissonance. We really don't have the social parameters set, but there's groups of us. There's radical extremists, there's the hanging with the white guy, token black guy. There's the rocker black guy. There's the rapper black guy. There's a, there's a ratchet. There's a sophisticated. There's so many different pocket groups of us that normally are reserved for nationalities. Like, and, and, and these stereotypes aren't bad or, or to be taken as reflections. But there's stereotypes for a reason. If we say the Irish, we say one thing. If we say the Italians, we say one thing. If we say the Jews, we say one thing. Black people have no social reflection, so we're everywhere. Literally, we, we have no social identity, so we're everywhere. Until, Until something comes up that we want to look at as, I don't have to like that. I'm not supposed to like that. Uh, I don't have to agree with that. I'm not supposed to agree with that. And and that happened with this movie. But um, the funny uh, the funny thing is is when I found out who uh, I think it's the picto- who the pictographer was for this movie. It mm. was the the white chick that did dope. Now, I know for a fact everybody black I know watches dope. Nobody was like, Dope is such a horrible reflection on what our kids are going through today as black nerds.
0: I never seen like,
1: dope. You've never seen dope. What? Nah, I
0: don't Not know what it is. Netflix? No, I don't have Netflix.
1: Get your life together. Just get your whole life <laughs> <laughs> together. All right.
0: Together. So Here's did a little. You see Brian- yeah, oh, somebody let me, somebody let me uh, check the uh, the account, you know. I'm going to blurb that out in the podcast. But yeah, um, as Angela said, we don't know dress up, down, because we don't know the rules of fabric, design, color, etc. That's an interesting uh, concept. That's
1: correct. I'll give you a great
0: example. Or elaborate. Oh,
1: actually, no, i got one right here, because I was going to wear my hat. Okay, this, this is Kenty Claw from the Ashanti region of Ghana. To know if it's real, whenever you see somebody wearing a dashiki, perfect example, I grab one because I have one.
0: I, I, what I do know is, um, it's all stitched, not printed. So when it comes to kente well, cloth, that's
1: true, and that's not true. That's what I was going to show you. So uh, this is mud cloth. This is really from Africa. Okay, this is not. This is stitched and printed. It's a. Uh, looks kind of like a burlapish sack type material, but it's not. It's a thicker version of cotton with a mud-colored print on it. So it just it looks very African, looks very tribal. Yeah. That's authentic. However, this is a Taiwanese-made dashiki. I bought it from a black guy, but if you look at the sticker, it says made in Taiwan, which is most of your dashikis that you buy now. All of them that all the kids and everybody's wearing to be cool, they're almost all made in Taiwan. This is how you distinguish it. Yeah, this is shiny as hell. Handmade, made hand-stitched, hand-fabriced. If you bought this as a dashiki, a real African dashiki costs $125. That's the cheapest you're going to get it because it's $60 from the guy that manufactures it in the smallest town. The cheapest, poorest town. You're fifty $40, $50 at best. However, hmm. it's a $40 import fee, so you're only going to get it for $120. However... Our import fee from Taiwan is almost non-existent. The import fees from African countries are much higher. So that's when you get these printed, cheap, thin, cotton daishikis. However, if you got a real daishiki that was made out of kente cloth, it would be heavy, it would be thick, it would last forever. This is a real hat from a real African tribe. This is actually what I wear as a crown, as a cheap. This is Damn. my crown. It has Africa on it, okay? Hmm. The colors, the vibrant colors aren't really tribal, but they actually have a name. They're actually patterned. The tribes actually keep these as a dialect. Now, the only print that you cannot use is the print of the king of the Ashanti tribe and the Ghana region. The print is called, you may have money, but you're not the king. That's literally (laughs) what the name and the pattern of the thing is called, because at one time, people don't even know how these and these got to fashion. These aren't actually clothes. These are ceremonial dresses that the chiefs and the chieftains of the country would only wear if they were going to a royal event or to meet the heads of the UN. And one day in like 1960 or 1970, the king of the Ashanti tribe came to meet. Uh, somebody at the UN, and one of the civil rights leaders like Jesse Jackson or Stokely Carmichael saw it and thought it was the flyest shit ever, <laughs> and they begged and begged and begged to get a couple, and then Jesse Jackson started wearing them everywhere when he was doing the campaign.
0: I am somebody. Say it with me now. I remember that. I am somebody. <laughs> he was always a real one of these and then everybody started... Cop- See, people
2: be like, I hate that coon, Jesse Jackson, but they forget how Jesse Jackson...
0: How influential actually was, like, he actually was. A- <laughs> I don't know. I do use the word his coon.
1: Revol- I- his revolutionary acts to society formed while you do a lot of the stuff you do. So if you're wearing a dashiki in this point in error, it's because of Jesse Jackson. However, yeah. now people might start taking off their dashikis. But the point is, we can never distinguish the colors of our tribe because we don't have a tribe. We That's why I have so many different ones. If I was from a tribe, I would only have one of these and a bunch of different variations. It would never be multiple, multiple because my tribe wouldn't have access to those colors of stitch. And that's normally what this came down to. Makes sense. It was just the colors of stitch that I have access to <clears throat> and then I had to make it look cool. So... Hmm. That's one of the big things that people don't understand is social dissonance. For instance, you wear a T-shirt because a white guy in 1950, which was called the Greasers, started wearing T-shirts instead of clothes because it was so hot to wear a leather
0: jacket. It was like the rebel thing because back right. then they they were they they, no, they uh the the they before stopped the rebels. It was with smokers and the greasers. Yeah, well, yeah, that like the the, the counterculture. The counterculture yeah. and then um they like kinda did away with the button ups everybody was on the button up shit. So they had like a t shirt and then a leather jacket. So when it got hot, because they took the leather no jacket no off. No they only got the t shirt on. T-shirt, yeah, that's right? what they had that's what they had. They didn't have the button up. You
1: can't go walk around no
0: leather coat with a button up and a lapel and plaid. You can. You can depends on like what region you're in. In California I'm not I'm not seeing
1: were except jeans were like uh, only... The
0: worker man's the blue collar workers joint.
1: Right, only slackers and greasers and stuff like that because they were the clothes you could get grease on and keep washing. So, if you wore jeans, people were like, oh, he's a bum
0: or you're uh, the lowest class of worker. Yeah. But the other people that make it
1: cool were the bikers, because the jeans are the only thing, if you ever rode a motorcycle, that tend not to catch on fire sitting by that hot-ass bike. So, jeans are preferable, so if you touch the metal on the motorcycle, you don't burn your skin. You're
0: sitting on the engine, yeah. Yeah, You're sitting on the damn engine, so. It became cool because of James Dean.
1: Everybody loved James Dean, and then James Dean influenced the Fonz. Everybody loved the Fonz, and then they started socially emulating James Dean and the Fonz. And and then the Greaser movies, and then that one movie uh, with the two guys that rode around in the motorcycles. I forgot. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? They rode around the country, and... uh, uh, Dang, that movie just slipped my head. Anyway, that was a really big movie that... Influenced a lot of hippie. Oh, let's just be relaxed and ride around. Counterculture,
0: kind of the '50s, right. '60s that, counterculture.
1: So the reason why you wear t-shirts and jeans is not because some dude in the hood, named Sean John's, is because of a white guy named James Dean and LaFawn's, <laughs> and it's yeah. socially rolled over to our culture, and then we put a Negro spin on it. And we were like, well, let's just make it, if I put my flag on it, maybe it'll look kind of cool.
0: If I yeah, I put a Wu-Tang W on it, way, is woo wear. Right, it, it's Wu-Wear. Right,
1: it's going to be cool. Maybe if I just stitch some letters in, like F-U-B-U, and, and I give it a term, maybe it'll be cool if I get LL Cool J to wear my hat. Okay, cool, now I'm a billionaire. Now it's cool. And that's literally how things And are then
0: they can make suits, which is what they did. And the FUBU suits, they did look pretty damn good. I ain't going to lie. I don't know where to find them, joints Now, I don't know if they went out of, uh, I don't know if they still make them or not, but, but yeah.
1: What,
0: what kind of suit? Uh, Fubu. Oh, the
1: jean suits?
0: Nah, the suits. Oh, you mean the jean suits? The real pants, the blazers, shirts, ties, that. Oh,
1: nah, they don't make that stuff anymore. He sold that company to Walmart. Walmart ain't making no Fubu dress downs anymore.
2: But he did,
1: once he sold FUBU, what a lot of people don't know is what Damon did is he stayed in the urban culture and he bought Coogee. So now he actually owns Coogee.
0: Coogee. Okay. Okay. Damn. They
1: Papa's shirts, colorful shirts, you know, blah, blah, blah. Coogee. Get money. Yeah. So if you go buy Coogee suits or jackets or whatever, you still buying Desmond stuff. But that's the thing is. A lot of people use this as a, you know, the white man's making two hundred million dollars.
0: Okay. What all right. All so, the are you like, all the
1: actor?
0: are you going to stop drinking water? Are you going to stop? Are you going to stop paying your sewer beer su- sewer bill because white folks making mad money off of you shitting on the toilet? B. So, what you want to do? Just like that stop that shit the fuck up. Said this. <laughs> there is movie that
1: anybody has ever watched including Oprah Winfrey's studio because she does not own it she she funds the ownership of it but the studio production is done on a white studio she just leases the space or rents the space Oprah didn't make no darn studio she doesn't have a studio cinematography building nah. complex Nah, she goes into a place and it's like I'm Oprah I can pay for this and she does the
0: production Her production company owns all that, but still. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there's like five main um, entities, and they're all like white-owned. You got, well, Sony, like Sony in America, that's white-owned. You have um, Interscope, white-owned. You have, um, what's some of the other joints? I forgot, but... um,
1: Yeah, Sony... We're not even talking about the the production companies. We're actually talking about the studios. So you have Sony Studios. uh, What's down the street from my grandma's house?
0: uh, Pixar Studios. You have. It's all white on. Universal.
1: Universal. Universal
0: Universal Studios. Um, Yeah, um, New Line Cinema. It's like all them joints are, are, are white on regardless. So it's like. Alright, so let's look at music Um, Music, you know, I I think I actually confused the um, music folks with the the, uh, cinema joints But, yeah, Interscope, Arista, Sony, you know, like all these guys are white motherfuckers, you know, at the helm So, like, you know, so if someone wants to make their argument, well, the money goes into white pockets Then they need to stop buying all these rap albums of any given rapper that they can that you can choose they need to stop seeing all these TV shows they need to stop seeing all movies they need to need to you know uh, God forbid you take uh, you, you stop a dude from watching Empire God forbid you, you stop a lady from watching Scandal baby. so okay, I
2: have,
0: yeah, I you call yeah so it's like yeah I, I, I watched I yeah I watched Scandal I watched Scandal and uh, I haven't uh, you know, I don't watch Empire either it's
1: like, watching all the tv shows and i was on that i was on that tip that people are on now like oh, i'm so socially conscious i can't watch any of these shows and i was like that girl is real cute and somebody was like that's the girl from scandal and i was like what's scandal <laughs> and they were like the tv
0: show kerry so washington I'm like, and i'm like no
1: but here here's where i differ i started watching it and then I started watching every last single black show except Empire and then I
0: noticed a trend we are horribly painted in everything or, like or what?
1: have you seen Get Away With Murder or whatever that
0: movie I is. have not, not movie yet, movie I love movie. Viola Davis but I have not seen that movie yet
1: in, in that show
0: you've seen that show yet
1: Viola Davis Viola Davis is the mean black woman the mean? stereotypical mean black woman Like she be mean for no reason She'll be waking up and be like, "What do you want?" I'm like, oh, God, I is
0: just she an asshole? Her.
1: And then she's married to a white guy. Okay.
0: Oh God, not her too. And Viola Davis. Viola
1: da- and then,
0: fuck my then ass. You go into, and then you go into it, and then she's
1: molested by a family member. That part very true. So then you go into scandal. Scandal. She's the side chick. She's the ultimate side chick, but she's a sky chick. She's the president side chick.
0: Yo, she's not even a side chick because, you know, you look at a square, you got sides. You got corners, you feel me? She's a corner chick, not a side chick. This is like the worst of the worst.
1: Then, if you go through all the other black national publications, there's only one or two positive reflecting TV shows. blackish. That's like one of one, right? That's like, you look at Blackish, there's nothing negative that happens in Blackish. They're a really untypical upper suburban level family. And it's all a comedy, but it's all a positive reflected comedy. There's nothing really negative that's happened. Even his daddy ain't cheating on his mama, and they ain't even together anymore. They're very civil. So wow. that's very positive. The other positive show that we have is The Cosbys. The Cosbys was. Did, Most people don't even know that Bill Cosby literally hired a psychiatrist to review every last single episode of every show on the Cosby's to make sure that it had no hidden negative condemnation for anybody that ever watched, including...
0: I want to hate on Cosby, but, you know, being objective, the show is on point. What about, um, you know, Fresh Prince and the... How you going to get on Cosby? Let's go. Well, because, you know, the rape shit. Anyway, um, when it comes to, like... (laughs) What about, so my point is this. hold on but I said, I, but I don't so though. Right. But I don't, I want to, but I don't.
1: I'm just going to say this fact. All right. Nobody ever notices that every last single person that accused him of rape, he was actually in a romantic relationship with it's been proven that he didn't rape any of them and it's been proven <coughs> that over 70% of them literally came out and said, I was just trying to shoot him to get some money. None of those none of those allegations were proved legal, none of them were proved
0: valid. Mm, that does not mean people. like or like like okay, someone from a military background, I've seen not seen but I've known of some shicy ass cats and things were not proven, but they but uh, so I'm, I'm not, gonna, I'm not no, going to I'm not going to co-sign on Cosby and, and, and stuff theory, like that cuz of
1: I'm a rape advocate. I literally do victim counseling, suicide prevention, and rape and abuse women counseling. So trust me, I'm the
0: least most biased person. Yeah, that. but I'll, like I'll...
1: Every last single case. How you doing there, self. Every, one, a little bad every single case of what he has happened was somebody that said, well, yeah, he offered me a drug and I knew that he told me what it was going to do and then it did what he said it was going to do. And after, I just felt like something bad happened. Almost
0: all Yeah, of the I mean, it was a different time. Concerned. It was a different time when it took place. But by my standards, ugh, and nah. So yeah, I mean, now I totally understands. I totally understand the fact that uh, the Cosby Show was on point, but I'm not really feeling Cosby like that. You know, especially with the fact that he did a lot of um, he he provided a lot of puppet therapy for white folks in regards to telling like black folks to pull to stop sagging any pants and like the respectability politics. You know, that is like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of this cat, but like, but however, pause for dramatic effect, you know, um, what about, um, the Fresh Prince and, um, Family Matters in regards to positive, positive, uh, black TV shows?
1: Well, we're talking about black publications that are made by black people, Family Matters and, uh...
0: You mentioned the Cosby Show, so I'm thinking about these other two shows from the 90s.
1: No, the Cosby Show is produced by Bill... I mean, it's literally made... It's black television made from a positive perspective. What I'm saying is, is Family Matters is a positive perspective show that was produced by white everything. White writers, white publications, white everything. Blackish is produced by them. It's actually black-publicated TV produced and written predominantly that way. So I'm only using the reflections of, like, the Black Panther... It is okay. white produced, written a hundred percent from a black perspective. There's like there's cultural stuff in there white people are never gonna understand. They're never gonna be, fuck be like me ain't. we're in there like that's funny as hell. <laughs> like,
0: like you know, I'm sitting there like Are we
1: doing spoilers to this? Are we doing spoilers or
0: let's uh, shit. Fuck it, sure. Um, yeah. So
1: like when he goes to see Umbaku, and Umbaku is like, shut up! I'll feed you to my kid just kidding we're vegetarians that's, something
0: that's, that's not a spoiler but yeah yeah so
1: big in our culture white people be like oh he's vegetarian it's funny when we're like yeah everybody black is vegetarian right now so it's funny but that is what I'm saying like we have and even if we do include family matters and the other publications we are looking at what five Total and that's literally from nineteen seventy to two thousand eighteen. We got five. Five what? You see them positive reflective T V shows, even if we start including the ones that white people wrote.
0: Yeah, very few. Okay, so Keonti says, So we we just gonna completely forget about everything Robert Townsend Robert Townsend has done. Cool B E T. Um, Robert Townsend is my homeboy, you know, like, you know, uh, my two favorite movies from Robert Townsend is Meteor Man and, um, Five Heartbeats. And yes, yeah, so l- looking at black superheroes, Meteor Man was the fucking shit. Um, that would be pretty interesting to redo. There's some movies out there. There's some concepts out there that need to be redone. There's a lot of, uh, characters, even historical domain figures. That need to be further explored or maybe even, you know, brought to the silver screen. You feel me? Like, say, for example, how come there's no, there's no Frederick Douglass movie. There's no, I'm, I'm waiting for that one. I'm waiting for that one. Isn't there a Frederick Douglass movie? No, no, not of standard, no. He showed up in movies like, say, you see his figure in Glory. You see his figure in that Lincoln, but there's no Frederick Douglass movie. Another one which would be sick as fuck would be Harriet Tubman. You know?
1: there's Yeah, a st- I always wonder why we never had a Harriet Tubman movie, because it's like the first thing you learn about that's positive in slavery. It's like the only positive story other than Nat Turner, <clears throat> and some people can can
0: agree to disagree that that's not really positive from everybody's perspective. Well, because there will like always be disagreement people. like, you know, this guy wasn't hard enough like when it comes to um, our black actual heroes that exist, there's always gonna be disagreement. Like, okay, this person wasn't hard enough. This person didn't do this. This person didn't do that. This person wasn't at this other character's standard. Like, okay, for example, Nat Turner. Um, looking at uh, someone looking at Frederick Douglass, someone's gonna sit there and be like, well, he ain't all that because he ain't killing white folks. So they're going by the Nat Turner standard. They want everybody to be Nat Turner. That's not gonna. That's. I understand that's not gonna take place. I appreciate folks where they are, not wish everybody's one thing. So that's going to happen. Folks, but You're going to have Nat folks who Turner's disagree. Nat
1: Turner's perspective is, Nat Turner's perspective, if you're looking at both sides, and the side is the comfortable blacks and the radicalists we need liberation free blacks, or even the people that generally have an understanding of I want revenge or <clears> retribution <throat> for slavery. That's not everybody. A lot of people will be like, I disagree, slavery was wrong, but I'm saying that we're comfortable now because they're sure of Joe Clark, coonism, blah, 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 socially comfortable. And then you have the people that really don't see themselves (laughs) as coons, that are just socially comfortable. That are like, I would never kill anybody for any reason. I'm a peaceful person. So seeing somebody murder the babies, all the women, and the children, that's that's too much. My children can't see this movie. That's what I. Well, it was probably it's probably ain't for it. An, it's it's an
0: gonna be the Deadpool for black for the black community. I mean, Nat Turner will be the Deadpool for the black community. Real talk. He's not gonna. This is not a film that you're gonna bring your your children in for. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you this. If I. My vision for a, for a Nat Turner movie be very much similar to 300. The there 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 will be this artistic bloodshed that that occurs in this movie because that's where he's at. That's where who he is. I mean, I would actually right. make it like an art form, like 300, where you see blood splatter and slow motion and all this other stuff, and slow motion like rises and stuff like that. They're using um, weapon weaponry from the era. You know, I would I would definitely, that, that's what my Nat Turner movie would look like. And it will, I mean, you, you can put Zack Snyder on it, because he's the one who did 300 in the first place. You could put, um maybe Quentin no. Quentin Tarantino will make it, like, too damn, like, almost comical. <laughs> nah, 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 no, 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 not him. But, like, Zach, uh, Zack Snyder style, 300, like, um slow motion bloodshed, you know, that, that is what my Nat Turner movie would look like. Um, I know as, far as um Harriet Tubman I know there's one true story of Harriet Tubman where it was like this it was a man you know and uh, he was like a black dude he was like well, we got to go back you know she pulled a revolver out like in his motherfucker's face like nah, nigga we're going to keep on going that needs to be in a motherfucking movie Harriet, Harriet Tubman she, need, she, she needs she needs to be in a movie, movie because she thought her husband was going to tell master so Harriet,
1: she killed her husband
0: That the Underground Railroad survived. Harriet Tubman, she she had her teeth knocked out for talking back too much. You know, like, there's things about Harriet Tubman that folks don't know about that need to be be fucking um,
1: explored. You know, it'd be a real good movie, too, is the Gullah Geechee War, explaining how they got that land, how they got. They're the first black people to actually win a war in slavery and stay in America and be free, like their whole story is kind of so revolutionary. And most people don't even know who the Geechee people are. Are they like, oh yeah, whatever. Geechee boys from the South. Yeah, but their whole their whole community was the first community of free slaves to come together, create their own language, get their own land, you're out.
0: No, I'm not. Continue.
1: <laughs> if you can Alcoholic, but that's ridiculous.
0: No, uh, I'm a. Maybe I'm a functioning alcoholic, but
1: it's okay. You have another. Function it's good. Yeah. But back to the black panther man. It's it's a lot of social understanding, and in and in saying so many different things about how we view our image as so negative and the only thing we really get is comic relief when we're not being negative like if it's not some type of comedy and i'm not even the only person to point this out eddie murphy has pointed this out kevin hart has pointed this out if it's not comedy we don't do it we only get negative past comedy if we get out of the comedy scene just like i said before if we give everybody the name five black business movies that aren't comedy based tests they only can name two or three. The Pursuit of Happiness, uh, the movie with uh, um, Holly Berry and... Uh, what's that brother's name? What's the movie with Holly Berry and Tommy Davis uh, and the other guy? Where she was the club owner and God. he was trying to... Uh, he fell in love with...
0: Ah, I forgot the ah, name of that movie. Ooh, now I need to get this movie. Oh, God. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, but I forgot I forgot this movie, man. Damn.
1: That's one of the only business non-comedy movies and it was still eh, kind of a comedy. It just had a serious tone to it. So we don't have a lot of positive I'm proud of that movie. I'm proud of how that looked. That's something I want people to see my kid all the all the spanning genres. It's 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 non-existent. But every single thing that we named, even Bill Cosby's thing, was filmed on a white studio. It was like it was produced or it was some kind of product of a white person that had the the money that we do not have and invested in the thing we won't invest in, our own studio. Even Tyler Perry. I don't know if Tyler Perry – I think Tyler Perry is the only one currently that has a black studio in Atlanta. I think that's it. And he just recently got
0: Yeah. And I'm not even feeling Tyler Perry like that neither. But um okay, Keonti says no Spike Lee joints, dog. Seriously? Oh Spike Lee, he he's a pioneer. He's a he's a pioneer because Spike Lee He
1: also the first dude to shoot movies, not on sets. He's the first one to be like, hey bro, let me record you right here and make a movie. He's literally the guy that invented the we don't need a studio to shoot a movie. We just going to shoot it in our hood. And and it just got so popular that he developed cinematography styles that work that now everybody use on studios. But he had to use those styles because he couldn't afford to get out of studio. So no, Spike Lee don't got his own studio. Spike Lee will pull up to your hood and block it off with some cars and be like, we shooting a movie. Give us 10 minutes. We got permission from the city. And, he'll, and then he uses the people in the surrounding environment as extras, and they're not even extras. They were just there that
0: day. <laughs> um, Mahana Dancer says, I need more Afrofuturism. So many good books out there that could be made into movies. I agree. I don't know too much about those books. But damn, I like Afrofuturism or Afropunk? I need more Afropunk, Afrofuturism movies to, to absorb. And as far as afro-punk afro-futurism who plant panther man eh, mm, 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 it's damn they did a damn good job god damn what's your thoughts
1: on that? I to say that this is the best this is the best black movie i've ever seen like it I'm is compared to any other black movie i've seen i still would put black panther at number one it would be everything else other than maybe a sydney portier movie and it's a really old one that most people have never even seen. It's the one where Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier are not comical. They're thieves. One is a, a second story man and one yeah, is a yeah. tracker.
0: I know what you're and
1: talking about. The that they seriously go together and Bill Cosby is not a clown and he showed you that he can play serious roles because that whole movie he was super serious
0: but it was cool and he was a badass and I was yeah. like, I've never seen him. He was the foil to with Sidney Poitier, which was on point. That shit was on point. Yeah. Yeah, they were both cool. All right, Moana Dancer, she maybe forget what I was about to say, but I'm going to say this. She said uh, Spike Lee perfected the sliding camera style and upside down. Yeah, all right, so this right here is a camera, right? And if you're like in cinematography or a photographer, this right here is a tilt. You know, it's kind of like you're up or down as far as head movement goes. And this right here is a can is when you're canting the camera okay so yeah the can't he would he he he's an expert at canting the camera another one is the um is the um the push the, like the push or pull you know um it's also called the dolly shot and um right. and Saturday
1: night.
0: yeah job. the That's dolly shot and i i love i love Spike Lee's dolly shots. Spike Lee, he will he would use the dolly shot. You know, like he'll put the camera right on a dolly, and actually it's almost like like a, some a little skateboard wheels, whatever, mechanical. He'll put the person on a dolly too, and the person will be moving with the camera. Now my favorite my favorite example of this was uh off of the Malcolm X movie, no, where well Malcolm X was like he had his he had the hat on and stuff like that, and he's sitting there thinking just before he got assassinated, unfortunately, but um. He's like sitting there thinking. It's like he's daydreaming, and the world—it's very surreal. Like the world is going, is passing by while he's standing still. I love, I, I, I love that dolly shot. That, like Spike Lee's dolly shot, is is some of the it's the best. It's one of the best things, you know. In film. I'm glad I'm alive, I'm in the '90s and beyond, to witness Spike Lee's dolly shot. I swear to God, Jupiter, wherever you pray to, that. That dolly shot, man, Spike Lee's dolly shot is fucking amazing. <laughs> you say what? <laughs> we
1: on Jupiter. <laughs>
0: yeah, Spartacus is my jam too. Jupiter Shit. Is Spartacus is my jam too, man. I, I love uh,
1: yeah, this one in Brooklyn. Where the guys are walking with her and she's just zoned out and it's a dolly shot. Uh, That Crooklyn
0: one. Yeah, it's very surreal. Like the person's kind of zoned out. You see them moving, but they're standing still. You know, because you can do a dolly shot while someone's walking or like, you know, it's a push or pull. You know, you can do that. But Spike Lee will have the person on the camera on a dolly and the person and the camera are moving forward. That is so so (laughs) surreal. I just love it. Like um, he did it again on um, Inside Man, where um, the guy, the uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, Clive Owen. He uh, it looked like he, he, he it looked like he shot a, a hostage, and you had the you, you, they put Denzel, who was another national treasure, on the dolly, and it was like really fast. You see everybody's running behind him. He's like standing still, and then 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 he shows up at the door of the spot where the hostages are. It's just. Yeah, 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 Mahana, we're 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 we're, we're listening to you. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. But what we're talking
1: about is positive movies. I have never seen a Spike Lee movie that was positive. It's always super real, and our real life reflections are not positive. There's never, and what I mean by that is you can go and pick genres of white movie, or just genre of movies, because when we say movie, we're talking white culture. You can pick genre of white movie, and you can be like, positive one, negative one. Super creepy one, super weird one, positive. There are positive ones everywhere in every genre. We have very few, nothing negative happened in that movie. It was awesome. We don't have
0: that. All right. Don't. Well, just like physically. a lot of movies, there will be there will be something negative that happens because like movies do need conflict or like a problem to solve and then overcome by the third act. All right. So when it came like, OK, All right. so Mahana, I, I remember what I was thinking about a while back ago, um, you mentioned like the best black movie, um, heavy, like Black Panther, which is a very valid argument because I love this movie. I want to see it today. Yeah, it's going to it's going to air in 5 minutes, but I'll just see the next one. All right, so <laughs> All right, so have you seen um Best Man's Holiday?
1: Best Man's Holiday.
0: I guess you haven't. Um you have um Tay like uh, uh-huh. Tay Diggs, you have um oh, okay. Morris Chestnut. Okay, you have. To me, it's not to the original? Yeah, second one to the original is Best Man's Holiday. Cuz the first one's uh, Best Man. Seen best Man's Holiday. i Best Man. Oh, oh god, you you have to see The Best Man's Holiday. I mean, it's I mean, it's like to me it's the best Christmas movie ever made. You know, before that was Die Hard, but now it's Best Man's Holiday. And I had a podcast of that like a while back ago and my thing with a bunch of folks and I was like Best Man Holiday is my my top <laughs> Christmas movie. Um yeah that movie best man's i mean it's not christmas you have to see it you have to see it this movie is so good it covers full spectrum of emotionality it make you laugh or make you cry it's super good if it was four white motherfuckers if there was four fucking white ryan goslings in this motherfucking movie that shit would have won a fucking oscar
1: Scale, since we're scaling what our best movies were Do you know what mine was before Black Panther my, nah. we'll give you All three of them How they knocked Get down it. The Bring first one was Hoodlums With Lawrence Fishburne That's like number yes. one on my list I don't care what anybody says the Cinematography above Malcolm X Hoodlums That's like if you've never seen No Whispers a Joke if you don't know what I'm saying, it's like, ah, oh, come on, bro. It's like the best. Oh, God. It's like our godfather. It is our. All right, you know, all right. It's not even funny. It's a true story. So it's 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 almost documentary. It's also about the richest black woman in the history of America that nobody even knows existed. Madame Lale, our queen, Madame Queen Christie, was the richest black woman in the history of this freaking country. Nobody even knows she's existed other than in that movie. She was a real person that the mob had to literally, they could not kill her, so they paid a judge to put her in prison because she had so much money and Bumpy Johnson, young Bumpy Johnson the go kill everybody, Bumpy Johnson. He was so vicious that she had to tell him to calm down yeah. and stop hurting the white people.
0: Yeah, I remember and that.
1: And when Seven Counts came out, seven pounds took over it's the only movie i'll be like bro i got emotional when i saw that movie because it was like it was a realistic and it was a black love story he had a black wife and then found a replacement black wife that he loved so much that's what he did and i was like damn will smith god damn will it was like the best will it's still to this day the best Will Smith movie I've ever thought he made. And most people didn't even, like, they don't have a giving heart, so it doesn't touch with some people, but I'm actually that giving. I could see myself doing something like that to prove a point. And he actually yeah. went through. At the end, I was like, is he gonna... Oh, my... No, he... Oh, bruh. <laughs> I was like, I was sitting there like, oh, damn, hey,
0: I gotta bruh. see that movie again, this too.
1: Movie. So... That was my last. One, that was my last great black movies. Is Hoodlum, Seven Pounds, now Black Panther.
0: Now Black now, Panther,
1: Sidney okay. I never, I never grade uh, any of the City Portier works because they are so good. They're above grading. They are the standard. They are the you can't grade them. They're godlike. They're un, Godfather is ungradable. You just can't grade a movie against Godfather. The movie has to grade itself. To Godfather and that's how Sidney Poitier movies are for me so Black Panther made me my number one but Sidney Poitier movies supersedes the list so it's like my list to compare what I think about it is to those so people that have this social reflection on it have they have valid opinions but it doesn't mean that their points are based on anything that has to do with their their facts that they're trying to present. We're going to give white people 200 million. So what? You gave Jordan a billion dollars, you gave Fubu a billion dollars, you gave Jay-Z and Beyoncé a billion dollars. Blade has generated way more than 200 million dollars in his whole series. We go into how many people saw NWA and Tupac and Biggie and we can just keep going
0: down this list of horrible black movies that people have put the whole time. In. <laughs> Tupac and, was horrible. Like, <laughs> that movie, God! They, I, I, it, it angers me that they did that to that dude. But yeah, um, my my two best favorite black movies will probably be, well I, I have three that that uh, Black Panther has uh, slid into. Um, Is Black Panther will be the fourth. You have um, like Best Man's Holiday. That right there is is two. You, you got to see it, man. It's like the Grand Canyon, man. You got to see it to believe it. Um, so you got the Best Man's Holiday. That that's one. Soldier's Story. Soldier's Story. It has Denzel Washington. Has Robert Robert. Uh, it has Robert Townsend. Has freaking that David Allen Greer. That was on HBO yesterday. Yeah, Soldier's Story best man's holiday in a five heartbeats those are my favorite black movies oh shit uh yeah well, i mean I, the I, 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 the I could also throw um i mean but like hoodlum oh god see now i have to review that motherfucker cause um there's a lot of movies in my like in the back of my head that i have to You'll write a review for
1: a better black movie than hoodlum. it's our first black national hero movie that we had that was really big that people don't realize we didn't have a Nat Turner back then we didn't have a Malcolm X back then we had hoodlums, hoodlums was the
0: wait wait this No, no. hoodlum goes. came out like the movie oh, the itself movie. came out before <laughs> the movie itself came out after Malcolm X it came out like 97 or 96, 97, 98 Malcolm X came out 1993, 94 92, 93, 94 around that time period but you know, but I chronologically, Hoodlum, Hoodlum happened before Malcolm X. I think Hoodlums
1: came out before Malcolm
0: X. I think it came um, out like two years before. Don't put money on it. In uh, InternetMovieDatabase.com internet IMDB.com Don't put money on it. Hoodlum came out after Malcolm X. Malcolm X was early 90s. Hoodlum was uh, mid-late 90s. So we had Malcolm X and we had
1: Hoodlum. Mm-hmm. They still in my top four, so Malcolm yeah, X Yeah, Malcolm top X. top four, so
0: you and got then that dog. man on fire. So it's like
1: man on fire. All of the movies, Woo.
0: man on fire,
1: isn't really, isn't really a black movie, but it's the best Denzel Washington movie he ever made. I don't care
0: what nobody <laughs> says. Um, uh, <laughs> I I challenge you. I challenge you. Right here. Let now me raise. Re- no, no, no. no, 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 same, he's same he's shit. No, next. same genre. Same genre. Assassin, right? Or retired assassin. Equalizer
1: I got Equalizer right in front of me right now It's a great movie It's still below Malcolm X Okay
0: yeah It's below Malcolm <laughs> X but below <laughs> Man on Fire
1: Oh yeah oh, Alright elaborate I would, take Creasy over, I would say Creasy over The retired guy And here's the fact If Creasy fought, uh, if Creasy fought uh, What his name was, was Robert, his name? McCall. Uh, Robert McCall oh, okay. Robert McCall Robert McCall if Creasy fought Robert, Creasy would jack Robert up because no, he didn't fu- play by the rules. So no, he will not Robert didn't, Robert Robert didn't by play a by the rule? rules that Creasy didn't have. No. Nah. Robert played by a set of, of, of morality and he was
0: No, he didn't.
1: Retribution. Man on Fire was I have no retribution. Everything's gotta burn.
0: But he's also a <laughs> drunk movie, like me.
1: In, in, <laughs> in the movie, Man on Fire is hell on wheels. He is he is the white horse. He went into the dude's video, burned his house down, slapped his baby mama, shot his brother in front of a baby. Robert would never do any of that.
0: Nah, but he's 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 too more. He's more elite. He's he's too effective to do that. Like his means would have been, been like differently.
1: Look at their resume. Because in a man on fire, we get his resume. In Man on Fire, you literally at the beginning of the movie, he is
0: what he is probably way more classified. Robert was a CIA operative. He was they're both CIA, CIA operators. They're both they're both no CIA. Dumb. They're both sad operators. Fire. They're sad, operators. They're sad operators. They're both were sad Man operators.
1: Man on Fire was not a CIA operative. He was the crash squad. He was ninety. Not, not even what? What's the uh?
0: A sad operator
1: the recovery squad for the military, the one that they don't put on TV anymore, the one that's above sealed Like, if somebody gets kidnapped, oh, they send SEAL Team 6
0: after this guy. you talking about Delta Force? You're talking about Delta Force?
1: Not, I think they're a Delta squad, but they call them the, qu- the kill squad because if somebody gets kidnapped and, and they don't want to make it public, they send that
0: squad... Well, first, Delta is a... Delta, far as military goes, Delta's the illest cats. But when it comes to the CIA, it's the SAD operators. SAD, Special Activities Division. These are your Jason Bourne, Black Ops types. And uh, Creasy, he's a SAD operator. Um, um, Robert McCall is also a SAD operator. Robert McCall is far more like he don't have to use guns. Like he he like challenges himself. On the scene, like, all right, I'm gonna time myself, let's go. Like, no, he's too, his focus, his level of focus is too fierce. I would not, I wouldn't. What? When he walked into the
1: building, Greasy would have already shot a rocket in there, like, challenge
0: yourself. he did have a rocket he I'm have a rocket he was like he was like he shot that car no
1: kids in here, but everybody the building's gotta go he shot
0: that car two
1: levels of too and if you look at it developing
0: a conscience as he met the little girl yeah anyway and then like you remove that little girl from him yeah you remove the little girl from him he snaps because that was his that was the thing that was his his beauty of life that he found and you you take this girl from him and dakota fanning who's like a dog now um he snapped now i mean you're right, that's a beautiful movie, but I would not put him above Robert McCall. Robert McCall is too, he's too elite and fierce, and there's things he don't have to do. Like, I mean, I would trust Robert McCall to, like, if you were to say, who you want to protect me? Uh, Creasy or McCall, I'll say McCall because Creasy, Creasy is good at offense. You know, um, homeboy McCall is good at offense and defense. Creasy's not good at defense. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta imagine. If he was good at defense, homegirl would have got it. Would have never got snatched. You feel me? But had that been Robert McCall as the bodyguard of that little girl, she would have never got snatched. So I don't. I mean, like, yeah, I believe that. Like Creasy's offense is amazing, but he's not a defender. So I'm not gonna have him. I'm not gonna task him to defend me. I will task Robert McCall to defend me though, because his offense and defense right, and is is the on point.
1: Might, which is what I- Against Robert, other than the fact that, like, if Robert, if Robert was defending somebody, he would probably have set up the defense a lot better than. Chris oh yeah,
0: his defense—he said he whipped someone's ass, 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 ass in Home Depot, Depot, at Home Depot. Unless, unless <laughs> all the are on,
1: Don't have that much. I know, right? <laughs> we just don't have that much, so no matter what our list is, Black Panther is now at the top of that list. Like, it's number one. I don't care what you say. Above all that, who would you take? Well, if I could have Chakala,
0: yeah, Chakala, yeah, Chakala and his uh look, his fam.
1: Killmonger, I'm just saying, Killmonger would protect me a lot better than
0: Chakala. I'm, I'm not saying, too sure. I'm not too sure. sure. He, he has his own. Perhaps if he has the uh, motive to do so, but Killmonger has his own motives, though. Like, what I was saying was, all right, so we talked about some modern, like, some real-life uh, heroes out there. Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass. We talked about uh, we uh, Bumpy Johnson Malcolm a few Max. others. Uh, Malcolm X. We, um, Marcus Garvey, um, Nat Turner. Now, as far as fictional characters go... That's what
1: we need, a Marcus Garvey movie. That's what we need. Events of how another black man, W.E.B. Du Bois, helped with the FBI to take him down and get him sent out the country and arrested. That's the
0: movie. W.E.B. Du Bois. Uh, he uh helped get remember, him yanked up. Bro,
1: do you not watch? What I see, you talking about people reading what you wrote. Do you not read what I write? I write real life. Real life.
0: On well, Facebook e. only.
1: Yeah, Facebook only. That's it. All, All right. On Facebook,
0: bro. I will. I, I'm going to read your stuff. And what I need to do, what we need to do, is um, expand you beyond Facebook. And I can do that on file. So, yeah. Let's take some of your stuff that you got like so, that you, and put it on my venue. And everybody can see it. Two minutes start before a bunch of people come in. All right. What happens is Marcus Garvey starts a newspaper to start
1: money when he starts the the newspaper to make money for the people that he wants in his revolution. First thing that happens is he naturalizes to this country to go to school and finish his schooling. When he comes here, he goes into New Orleans and he goes and he talks at an event, which was a tent revival for a bunch of different churches around the country. These Masons happen to be there. What people do not know about Marcus Garvey is he was a horrible public speaker because one, he had a hard Jamaican accent and he liked to ramble.
0: But oh, he was really like me. Was he joking? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He fell off the stage the first time he talked
1: in front of thousands of people and they laughed at him. When he fell off the stage, a mason caught him and told him, it's all right, brother. And then they sat down, had coffee with him, and then they took him around the whole country until he got up to Harlem talking about pan-Africanism and his dream. When he got to Harlem, he realized that there's two problems with pan-Africanism and black liberation. No matter who you want to liberate, and this is the problem I suffer with right now, like when people be like, there's not a lot of people in your movement. That's because you've never seen me target the sick The hungry or the poor, ever. You've never seen me go out and eat them. You never seen me say, Here, have a biscuit and say black power. You've never seen me because three historical people have done this the church, body of Christ. That's how they got everybody to be Christian. It wasn't through war, it was through, Are you hungry? Say Jesus is your savior, and I'll give you a biscuit. And they adopted all of the children in certain countries. All of the abandoned children, they took and put them into their nunneries, and then they raised the children as orphans. But when they got grown, they were then
0: Christians. The some, of those, some of those, some of those children, those orphans with the nuns, they are children from the nuns with those preachers was digging them guts out. But a lot of folks don't want to talk about that.
1: All yeah. Kinds of random acts. Yeah. But that's how a lot of people became Christian. Then the wars happened. Up thousand years later. Now. The other people that do this are black power extremists. They'll go into poverty-stricken neighborhoods and show people that are craving structure and organization that are poor, structured organization. There's no different from some black power leaders to... Gangs. That's all gangs do. They give them one father figure and structure, and then they give them a family structure, and then they go and do gang activity. And they roll from there, yeah. Black power activity. Nothing wrong with that. The issue is following somebody that doesn't have leadership options. Marcus Garvey did the same thing. When he started the Black Star, uh, when he started the newspaper, he then used the newspaper as a way for all the brothers that were in poverty at the time to make money. And he would give them the newspaper and say, sell this newspaper and you can make money, you can make a living, you can eat. And that was the financial support that they needed. He was the first leader to give people financial support. And to show how revolutionary it was, everybody after him did the same thing. The uh, Noble Drew Ali he created the Circle 7 Quran for brothers to sell and trash out and create churches the uh, Honorable Elijah Muhammad had the Messenger's Voice a newspaper, the same thing that Marcus Garvey did, so on and so forth when he got popular, another thing that Marcus Garvey did and people didn't care about is he said he did not want the talented 10th or anybody more educated or as educated as him in his organization at all However, a guy named W.E.B. Du Bois had a meeting with him and said, why don't you let me help you build this and we can make this together? Marcus Garvey, to his face, very rudely, was like, I don't want your uppity help. And that started the whole thing. Damn. At that point, W.E.B. Du Bois worked with a guy named Jay Edgar. Before we had this thing called the FBI, it was called the General Bureau of Investigation. And the head of it was tasked and hired not only to stop the Rowdy Bunch, because this was right before the Rowdy Bunch of the Lucianos and the Lucky Boy Lucy. This was like five to ten years before Prohibition. That's when Marcus Garvey was around. He was tasked at following this black guy that had amassed 14,000 ex-U.S. soldiers. And back in the day, the problem with soldiers was they got to come home with the gun. So they literally gave all these black guys that came out the war a rifle and a pistol and then taught them how to use it. And the president literally said, Marcus Garvey has the strongest army known to man in the black community. We have to stop and watch him by all costs. However, Jay Edgar found out
2: about the beef between W.E.B. Du Bois and with a guy named William. Yes. Went and then targeted Jay Edgar, or
1: targeted W.E.B. Du Bois and said, we can help you take him out. Something that most people don't know is W.E.B. Du Bois is the godfather of the boulet. He invented the black boulet. And what he did was the opposite of what Marcus Garvey did. He targeted the talented temp, not the other 90% of ignorance. And that's what started the discord. He didn't want the smart people. Marcus Garvey only wanted the uneducated people. W.E.B. Du Bois was the high-end, uppity kind of guy, and Marcus Garvey was the hang in the hood, even though he was intelligent because he was manipulating people to join his liberation movement, which was nothing wrong with that. But rather than work together, W.E.B. Du Bois then helps Jay Edgar literally take out his whole organization. The agents that reported on Marcus Garvey to the FBI were friends of W.E.B. Du Bois. God damn. And that's what happened. And whole movement, that's what we need a movie on. But well,
0: go ahead and ask me the question about the nerds, <laughs> the black <the> Girls. <laughs> all right, all right. So, yeah, the um the fictional characters. What uh, what fictional characters do you believe uh, we need to give the Black Panther treatment to? What? Say like, give us th- three, three fictional characters we need to give the uh the Black Panther treatment to.
1: that question bro we gotta go have a long we have to have a long debate about that okay so
0: are we just going three
1: all genres or just
0: marvel uh just like uh comics uh you can be any 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 character any black all character see independent private take your three take your okay. pick the
1: first one that we need to redo which was already done pretty good in my opinion is spawn we need to redo spawn and have spawn get the black panther treatment But telling the real story. Because in the comic book, Spawn gets so mad that he's brought back to life to win this war. He eventually agrees to work. uh, No, he doesn't eventually. He tricks Malbogia into letting him go back to hell to talk to him. He kills the devil, takes over hell. He's the king of hell. Then he finds out that it wasn't really Malbogia that set him up. It was God. So when he finds out that God gave Malbosia the power to wage this war, he gets so pissed off, he goes to heaven and he bitch slaps God, literally, and then beats God to death and then comes back to earth to live on earth forever. Mm. That's the part of the story.
0: Uh, that we That's a storyline you want to you wanna, you wanna see on film. <laughs> I think that'd be like a trilogy. <laughs> that'd that'd that be movie. like, what? that'd be a trilogy. That'd TV be the on third to. one, the third final. Yeah.
1: It'd be a trilogy. You couldn't even tell the story in one movie. You have to start with past Wanda, and maybe start from the like the, the cultural story.
0: Who would um, you cast as Spawn?
1: I wouldn't change it from Michael, White. I really Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White. Older now, so he yeah,
0: can still yeah, do it. True. He can still he can still kick in the air and all this. He can still do it. I just, it makes I more sense.
1: A lot better now, yeah. His acting used to be kind of corny. His acting now is real personable. It's real like he yeah. can still do karate, but Blood and Bone was a real good movie. It was like, it was a real good movie. I just, <laughs> I like
0: the story. I, about I love movies, that movie. I mean, when I talk about the shooting of the movie, I mean his acting in the movie yeah. it was decent. It was It was better than anything he's done so far. Um, but there's a lot of younger guys out now that could play spawn. They just nope. want to be built like spawn. Nah, there's I like, like, it's going to be Michael B. It's, I mean, it's going to be Michael J. White because, you know, um, as a, as a sad operator, which is what he is, um, he will have like, you know, it makes more sense that he's a little more older because when someone like say James Bond or Jack Bauer, or like when you make a, uh, an assassin, like a government assassin. Like, like in their 30s or 40s, like 40s, whatever, 40s, 50s, it makes more sense. Like, they have the, like, they, they spent time, it gives them time to be in the military, be in an army or special forces, rangers, Navy SEALs, whatever, and then they're doing some other shit beyond that. But you make them too young, it makes no sense. They can't be a fucking ranger, they can't be a Navy SEAL, like, there's no time. You can't do it as a teenager, so there's no time. So, you make them a little bit, look, oh, like in their 40s, that's perfect that's perfect because their bodies are as good. Like they're good enough to be mad athletic to do whatever and they have enough life experience to exist as an elite assassin. But you make them in their twenties, it's not gonna work that well. You know. But yeah, um Spawn is definitely that he's that young in that uh I agree. You have a third one? I mean a second second, third one. I got a
1: top twenty. That's why I said you I asked the wrong person. I have this I make my kids positive uh, books, like we print out real kings and queens, and we make actual handmade books for our kids to read. And one of the things I did for my son was uh, name all the black superheroes he didn't know exist. Like, Spider-Man 52. Spider-Man 52 is an alternate universe Spider-Man. Miles Morales? He's not a guy. Right, he's a kid. He's he's a 12-year-old kid. The difference is, it's kind of a it's kind of a negative-ish-like story, but it's not really. In Spider-Man 52 or whatever, Spider-Man uncle, yeah, which is one of the heroes in the regular Spider-Man, is a thief. And he breaks into the lab where the radioactive spider is, and he's trying to steal stuff out the vault. The spider climbs on his leg and goes back home with him where he meets the black Spider-Man. The black spider kid gets bit, and then he gets the radioactive spider
0: from his uncle breaking into wherever he breaks into. Um, Wow.
1: In the comics, he actually meets the real Peter Parker. He knows about, the kid is really smart too. He's way smarter than regular Spider-Man. And he figures out how to look through dimensional walls. And and his powers are totally different. They're not the same. They're not like, they're kind of similar, but they're not. He only has a couple powers that are same like Spider-Man. His powers are way better than Spider-Man. Um, and he goes out and helps helps the hood. He doesn't help his neighborhood. He helps Harlem. So he, he's you know he's just like Power Man, just you know in a different you know in Hell Kitchen helping out. Um, that would be a good one. Oh, the guy that really—it's kind of weird because in the in the movies, how they depict him right now is not true to his character. But Falcon. That's not how Falcon is. He's not some. He's not some support character. Yeah most, support yeah, yeah, most of these characters are not support yeah, characters.
0: Yeah, most of these characters are not support characters. They're, they're their, their a, own. They're, on, they're they're they are their own heroes. They're not given the proper treatment. Falcon is. Falcon and War Machine are definitely two castes not given the, their, the proper treatment. All right, so let me start on my joints. Right, they're not supporting. All right. Um, yeah, they're
1: not supporting characters. There are. They are like standalone like, it's, heroes. It's so hard that people don't know this, but it's like, come on, bro. Like they're not supporting characters. Falcon is Falcon is 10 times smarter. And actually, the, even the story of Falcon is so funny. People are like, "Oh, he just he was in the military." And I didn't. I hated that rewrite cuz in the real story, he's a spy. He works for Nick Fury. Tony Stark is recruiting him to be the next war machine, and then he breaks into the lab, like Tony Stark goes on a mission, and he's like, I'm in the I'm in the lab, and he actually makes the Falcon suit telling Iron Man I didn't like war machines whole little yeah. I thought it was impractical, so I made my own
0: thing. Hold on, great. I'll be right back. And then let's fight. Continue talking to folks, I'll be right back.
1: Uh-huh. Headphones as on. he goes and fights, he fights Iron Man. And he beats Iron Man in a fight, and he proves that the Falcon wings, which aren't just these metal little fly-around things, like, they're really functional in the comic book. They're made out of the lightsaber shield that uh, Iron Man makes Captain America, and they're flexible, they're functioning, they do all kinds—they shoot laser beams, they they use them as a shield. He can shoot uh, the—he can shoot little beams out in the form of a blade and protect people— he can do all kinds of stuff. But it's like they downplayed him to shove him in a movie, and then they give him this backdrop treatment when he's actually like one of the captains of the auxiliary Avengers team. So the Avengers team's backup, he's like the captain of them. He's the leader. He's the smartest guy on the Avengers after Chicala. So it's like without understanding that, you just look at it, and that's why a lot of people in the, like, the blogs and in the writing realm and in the comic book realm really detest what they did to Falcon. It's like, they look at Falcon and be like, I don't like what they did to Falcon because he's not a support. He's the lead. He's the captain of the West Coast Avengers, and he's like one of the youngest members, too. He's the leader of the West Coast Avengers, and he ain't even the... You know, he's not even the oldest one on the team. He's just the smartest
0: one on the team. Yeah, um... Like, I'm not really understanding that one because... It's like, alright, so when you say like in regards to like uh, war machine, like I know he's one of the smartest as everything else, but as far as war machine armor, um like Falcon came out long before War Machine. War Machine is an element of the eighties. Falcon came out like 70s. And and then Falcon became Falcon in the 70s, War Machine came War Machine 80s in his like, like 80s, 90s. And War Machine served as Iron Man while Iron Man was just drunk and fucked up. And uh, there's a moment where I have the comics. Matter of fact, there was a moment where, um, like everybody thought, Iron Man was dead. Tony Stark was dead, and War Machine actually took up. He actually took up Stark Enterprises. So when you see, like in the movies, you got Pepper Potts is in charge of Stark Enterprises, Stark Stark Tech, Stark Industries. Um, actually, you know, well that occurred too. But Don't before that, War Machine. Nerd out. Yeah.
1: i was <laughs> like, what do you mean rescue is? is just his... She has a suit. She has an Iron Man suit that's way better than Iron Man suit. He made her the best suit because he loved her. Call her rescue.
0: She's got to be called Okay, rescue. let's call her rescue. Yeah, rescue, um before she uh took the helm... As they have in the movies, it was actually uh, War Machine. Those movies, like War Machine, had it. War Machine held it, held it down like mad hard. You know, he uh, re- he got out of the military, he retired, but not He's he he was in tar- he was in charge of Stark Enterprises. He functioned like first he functioned as Iron Man. I mean, when I first picked up an Iron Man comic, I thought Iron Man was black, and this is the reason why I'm a War Machine fan. Um, I thought Iron Man was a black character because, at, literally, at the time. He was like uh, Jim Rhodes took up the Iron Man mantle because he thought Iron Man. Everybody thought Iron Man was dead, and um, which was actually like Tony Stark's intent because that's his best friend. That's the that's the dude that he would have had on top of this shit. So, um, like, there's so much to, to Jim Rhodes that <sighs> yeah. Anyway, uh, like looking at the Falcon thing, him giving him the War Machine. Co- uh, I don't see that because. The War Machine uh, suit was made explicitly for um, Jim Rhodes because he held down Stark Industries and uh, and Tony Stark's absence when he was drunk, and it was like a it was like a reward or a, it was like a gift, you know. So, you know, matter matter of fact, um, Iron Man first had the War Machine suit. He made the War Machine suit when someone stole his shit, so he made a War Machine suit suit to, to challenge the guy who stole his shit to get all his old suits back. But later on down the line, he gave the he gave it to Jim Rhodes. So I'm not really seeing, because of what I just said, so I'm not really seeing like Falcons. I know, I know Iron Man lore. But I, I know Iron Man Lore. So I'm like, We're Fal- I don't know about that. Huh? In
1: the comic book, they never really had the um, I'm gonna have to steal a suit from you because you're too
0: they were real good friends. If he asked him to make him a suit, he'd be like, yeah, sure, bro. You want five? I don't care. I'll make you one. They were real cool like about on Jim? It's about Rhodey and Stark? Or, or uh, yeah, Falcon? Stark. Oh, yeah. Rhodey wouldn't have to steal a suit from him. No, no, not, no, not. But he didn't steal, steal nothing. No, it was, it, was was these gun? Other, gun. it was these and other cats. Which one do you want? It was these other cats that stole, like, uh, Iron Man suits and shit. I forgot what the character was, but he's still, like they stole, his like, Stark tech. And Tony... He made the war machine costume to get all that shit back. Like, this is what I'm gonna, like. all the right. guns, all these orbital cannons and shit. Like he made that suit. Yeah, he made yeah, it might have been just a hammer. He made that suit to get his shit back. He still had a suit and he's like, hey, money, I let you get I'm gonna let you get I'm gonna let you get up on this shit right here because this is more like your style. I only made this shit for like one mission, but this right here is totally you here. I saw you looking at it I saw you peeping it in the fucking lab, so here you go. That's what took place. I'm paraphrasing here because I'm a black dude, but that's what it took place. Um, but yeah, anyway, Sometimes so the, like do the movie. Like, yeah. I have to end this podcast. Let me let me continue. Um I will agree with Spawn. And I will agree with the casting, Michael J. White. You already said it. Now I agreed. Perfect. So no more on that. My second movie that I want to see, Black Hero, is Static Shock. You know about this dude? you know dude? I knew you were going to
1: dude. that. Everybody says that. That's my wife. Is Her favorite is Static Shock.
0: Static Shock is like a black Spider-Man before Miles Morales. No, you talking
1: about the kid Static Shock or the adult Static Shock? The one with the great dreadlock? Uh,
0: the, the younger one. I mean, let him, let him get old. But the younger one, you know, with the uh the dreads, like the fade, the the fade, the dreads. Like he had the Killmonger haircut with, that was not pushed to the side. You know, that, that Static Shock. You know, <laughs> Look, Killmonger comes after and we're going to call it the Killmonger haircut. <laughs> yeah, the Killmonger, Killmonger haircut. haircut. The cure, Killmonger dude. With, Man, everybody's talking about... Somebody
1: my- wants you to ask me.
0: <laughs> the question somebody wants
1: you to ask me is why Black Widow dyed her hair blonde in the latest movies. The reason why Black Widow dyed her hair blonde in the latest movies is because she is a fugitive and she is running from what she did with Captain America when she still had the red hair. The entire world is looking for her because in this arc, she released every last single government document
0: that was classified. To so, the folks whole world so folks know who she is.
1: So folks know who she is by but default. She dyed her hair blonde because she's a spy, so she just, eh, you
0: know. You yeah, you hit all marks there. You hit all marks there, absolutely. But yeah, um, one is War Machine and uh, Cass. My homeboy Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle is. One Of my favorite actors, if not my favorite actor, of uh, actor out there, um, he is War Machine. That's amazing because it's like, uh, me, I'm like, Michael Jai White is War Machine. I always read War Machine and Michael Jai White's voice. I still kind of do. It's kind of hard to read him in Don Cheadle's voice, but Michael Jai White looks and sounds like War Machine to me, especially in the 90s. And he was like all built big and built and they the were flat cut and shit. One of the most you say what? The
1: most important. Like, we aren't. In one of the most important black superheroes. Rain
0: Lantern. That's Ooh, I mean John, Stewart. Yeah. John Stewart. Yeah. Who you cast as Jon Stewart, though? Now, see, here's the thing, right? It could be Michael B. Jordan. You can put Michael B. Jordan there. I you can do that. I was just
2: gonna
1: say <laughs> the best person for it would be Michael B. Jordan.
0: Give him a fade. He's a, mil- like, he's a military superhero, so give him a fade. Give him a little military haircut. Boom. You're but, done.
1: But John. Stewart is, is the oldest ever Green Lantern. He is not young. He's a retired He's like 40. So if we go with the he trains, the retired.
0: He, he trains you know, other look, Green Lanterns now, don't he? He,
1: might like this. he doesn't have a fade, so it'd be different. But check this out. The guy that plays Power Man would be the perfect John Stewart.
0: You talking about uh, Luke Cage, uh, Mike Coulter?
1: Yeah, Luke Cage. Yeah. That dude with the ball fake because he has that. I could be a military personnel type.
0: Yeah, Mike Holter. Mike Holter, Luke Cage. He can be. He can be John Stewart. And would a power man. that'll that'll and definitely give first, him a good resume. My first choice is Will Smith. If we could get Will Smith to play Green Lantern,
1: I would. I would be real happy because I would be real happy
0: if they. It would have been better. It would been. De- it would have been better than Deadshot. It would have been better than Deadshot. I agree. That would have been better than Deadshot. I
1: think, Dead, I think Suicide Squad was the worst written movie, and I love their movies. I thought it was the worst movie I've ever seen in my it's life. It's mad garbage, man. And I was like, they put so much money into this, and they wrote only Harley Quinn good.
0: She's the only good character in this whole thing. Come well, on. like Will Smith too, but that's not enough. Will Smith and Harley is not enough, man. It's like, why don't you just make them fuck out of nowhere? You know, like she's not even about Joker in this movie. Because the, the two actors in real life feel each other like that. You never. This is this movie called Focus. Will Smith and um, Homegirl. They like mad tight. So I already know these Bamas. And Will Smith, he got like a, a reputation of like uh, splashing and shit. So he probably already dug them guts out. You know, um, it was like all over that movie though, man. It's not. It wasn't. It messed the movie up. But. I thought it was good. I thought. Focus was on my, I thought Focus was on my counter. I went to go get it. Like, come on, bro. Focus is never die. You, you die with the lie. You got to die with the lie. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: movie was all right. and, and look, until you said that, I did not realize that that was Harley Quinn until right now. I just realized that Harley Quinn was Harley. That's so funny. I swear I did not think about that. And, and I watched that
0: movie all the time. I did not think that that was Harley Quinn until you said that. That's I knew thing. it. Cause like, I saw the movie. I'm like, homegirl's all right. And she's fine. Who is she? Okay. I got her name. And then like, you know, I'm a movie buff. So I do something. And I see like, all right. So they're making another movie and shit like that. You know, both of them in it, all good. You know, yeah, they could have done a movie a whole lot better, but that's another topic. So static shock. Okay. I agree with Spawn. Um, I also agree with, uh, Will Smith. He can do, uh, John Stewart. Um, a war machine movie would be terrific, you know. There's so much to war machine. Wait, so, uh, He if they, were, if they were, if they were, if they were to kill Tony Stark, they can like have him take the place of Tony Stark. That would make sense. But they have not been writing him in these movies as if that were to take place, so it does not make sense. Oh, almost, I'm almost like fuck. I mean, in a, in a, in the comics, in the comics, they in the comic books they killed War Machine. So I'm like fuck Marvel.
1: I don't like War Machine because I have Falcon. Like, if I had to pick between, in the comic, if I had to pick between Falcon and War Machine, War Machine is useless. He's not as smart. He's not as, he's not as, Falcon is highly educated. He created his suit. I mean, he used Stark Tech, but he invented it. War Machine is useless without Tony, in a sense.
0: But Not exactly.
1: Jarvis,
0: Not did, exactly like he like he's a like War Machine is still a military superhero, so similar to John Stewart, he can wreck without his suit. Like like how John Stewart can wreck without his ring. You know, um, Yeah, but
1: the ring is what makes him Green Lantern and Tony Stark.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but they can still he can still wreck a as a military What's superhero. That He can still wreck without their shit. Like, a dude can wreck without his ring, dude can wreck without the suit. That's what makes them like, and and then like when you make them a you wolf their military expertise, wolf the ring and the suit. That's what makes them like mad beastie. But uh, you don't have to like, yeah, you don't have to like a war machine like that.
1: Super intelligent spy who also has one of the highest IQs on the planet. And he's a martial arts expert. I don't know about all
0: that, because you got, you got, you got, you got, got, he's never been, Falcon never been to these, like, top IQ cast in Marvel Comics. You got Tony Stark, you got Mr. Fantastic, you got, like, uh, you have uh, Mr. Doom, like, Dr. Doom, you have, um, I say Mr. Fantastic, you have uh, Bruce Banner, you got Suri off of uh, um, Black Panther, and you also have T'Challa. You know, so that's so you have T'Challa, like Falcon's never even <laughs> mentioned, and then you have you have Spider-Man. So Spider-Man is a slow genius. You never even you never hear Falcon even mentioned among these cats because Spider-Man being a slow genius, you know at least Falcon should like up or be around him, but he, he never is. You know, but so I mean I'm gonna I'm to do my research yeah. to see what's what what you talking about, but up in Falcon as a genius...
1: Uh,
0: I gotta he see it. I gotta see that joint because I'm sitting there thinking like, what? What I've seen and known in these comics? I've not seen that joint. I mean, as far as like a tactician, yes. If if you were to say like a field tactician, yeah, you know, yeah. Field tactician, absolutely. But Gene, like, Tony Stark
1: went on a mission for like an He invented what suit? he invented the suit What suit Tony Stark wanted Falcon to take over War Machine's position cuz War Machine was retiring and the kid said I don't like how the suit looks and he says what do you mean he said can I show you something without you being mad and he goes okay and he goes I invented this while you're gone What year like,
0: what year did, did this take this place? place What year did this take place you, you like you out? at least have to know the year at least by the the artwork and the comics and the inking of it like 90s I mean, 80s it wasn't was like in
1: 1995 we're talking about like post like
0: okay, right, 2000 okay all right all right all right all right okay all right Because i'm it like that, that is not original, original falcon no the original falcon didn't have the no we're talking about the post falcon oh you're talking about like how post-Falcon. he developed okay because i'm like right yeah because yeah, yeah. you're talking about the like the 90s falcon. and yeah. 80s and, and shit i'm like i
1: don't like And I wanted to make something, and then Stark didn't like the Falcon thing because he said, you're exposed. And he's like, what do you mean I'm exposed? He was like, your head, your legs, your arms, you have no armor. He was like, okay, let's do this. Let's fight. If I win the fight, I can keep this suit, and I'm good. If you win, then I'll wear the war machine suit. And they fight full out, and he whoops Tony's ass. And he was like, how'd you put all this in the suit so fast? He was like, this is just what I do. I'm I'm an engineer. This is my specialty. He's an electronic specialist. So, you know. All right, whatever. so
0: I got to check that. joint. sound like somebody just made that shit, like, for, for the storyline, okay. like, plot armor for the storyline at the time, because it's Falcon funny. is not, he is not held in that same regard as all the other geniuses of Marvel Comics. And um, that'd be amazing if he was, but he it's it. not. Because
2: it's young and black is racism.
0: Nah, but they, they, but they made like some a black girl, a black teenager, uh, teenage female Iron Man too, and she was a genius. It was a little bit long, a little bit later down the line, like last year or uh, 2016 or something like that. But yeah, but it's like, you know. Anyway, um, I gotta get it. I gotta give that a check. Luke Cage TV show is on point. War Machine, Static Shock, Spawn. spawn, I agree with them joints. Spawn.
1: If we don't have Spawn as number one, the one that we need is Black Panther treatment. Okay, look at me. This is a serious nerd out. There is a superhero that is the savior of the universe, and he's black, that nobody ever mentions, and he's my personal favorite superhero that's black. My first black superhero. Mm, Okay. Bishop from
0: X-Men. Yeah.
1: Bishop from X-Men is... The strongest X-Men in the history of
0: X-Men. He's the first black dude to come in and save the universe. Yeah, faves, first black male X-Man, too. Yeah, yeah. Now, they made him a villain, though. though. You know that, though, Bishop, right? He's a bad guy now. It's Storm. It has to be a Storm
1: or a Bishop. But Storm is more love because more people know Storm. However... Bishop is the one that saves the
0: universe, and his story is way more. It would be way more dramatic. It would be made more. Oh my god! It it involves time travel, stuff like that. All right. So, um, the last hero that needs to get like the the Black Panther treatment, real talk, is 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 is, is that nigga, this youngin named uh, Blue Marvel. Blue Marvel, you ever heard of him? Mm, Blue Blue Marvel. Blue Marvel is a Marvel Comics character. He's similar to uh, Doctor Manhattan off of the Watchers Watchmen series. He's like a he's like a nuclear, uber powerful superhero. Like like I mean, Doctor Manhattan off of Watchmen is the best analogy. He's beyond Superman. He's beyond a flying brick. He is super fucking powerful. That guy and the storyline behind uh, Blue Marvel is this. It's a black superhero, mad powerful. It is like the 60s. Somewhere down the line, John F. Kennedy tells him that he has to retire because if black people see a black person this freaking powerful, blah, 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 this will happen, blah, blah, blah. So eventually he does. And that's the storyline. He's never been defeated. That is the motherfucker I want to see on screen. And I'm totally okay with... um, you know, uh, you know, back-shifting the time zone. Like, cast it in the 60s, cast it in the 70s, cast it in the 50s. I love that era, like, far as the styles and shit, like, that music. So, yeah, I want to see Blue Marvel. I want to see the Blue Marvel car- uh, movie. Another one is uh, Isaiah Bradley, which is actually the original Captain America. Because the logic is this, which is something that a lot of black folks had in their head. Um... So you mean to tell me, so you got this, this cat named Captain America, right? I, I So they, they put some experimental drug in his, in his arm, and, and he became Captain America? Okay. Uh, is he white? Okay. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really saying that, because real talk, in real life, what they did was this. They, any, they had experimental shit. They stuck these needles in black people's arms, and that's what happened. They were talking about the Tuskegee experiments that took place during the World War II era. So, with that, in the Marvel comics, they understood that. Because this is something that black folks had in their mind on, on Captain America. They understood that. They created a character called Isaiah Bradley, which answered to that, to that claim. If, there, if someone would have some experimental shit that might kill a motherfucker in World War II, they'll stick the shit in, motherfuck- in, in, in black soldiers' arms. So, Isaiah Bradley is the first. He's literally the first Captain America, and he is black. That is the movie that I want to see. I want to see that one. So, Blue Marvel, Isaiah Bradley, and uh, Static Shock. Not necessarily in order. Uh, you know, it'd be a real good movie, and we've all looked at it and we're like, when is he going to get a movie? Who? Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Yeah. With Samuel L. Jackson.
1: But see, then who would you get to play him as the young guy? You know who I think would be a good uh, young version of Samuel L.
0: Jackson, like transitioning and. Bokeem happening. Woodbine. Hearing, like who? Bokeem Woodbine. Who's that? Oh the bald headed dude off of Jason's lyric. The bald headed dude, black dude off of the Rock. The bald headed black dude off of uh the Spider-Man movie that just came out. Um, Bokeem Woodbine. You ever seen Jason's lyric? Jason's crazy yeah. brother. You ever seen Strapped? Oh, you are
1: an idiot. <laughs> the dude that looks like Trench from Naughty by
0: Nature,
1: you stupid as hell. I always thought that that was Trench from Naughty by Nature, and you just said that. Like, that ain't Trench from Naughty by Nature. I thought that was Trench from Naughty by Nature. I love,
0: man. I love that dude. He, he puts in a whole lot of work, man. Bokeem Woodbine. Yeah, I know my black actors, <laughs> man. That'd
1: make me totally get who the hell I was actually thinking of because it was not him bro <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my god I was <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me because I just every time I see him I can see him talk like the way he talks
0: yeah uh, He he's um he's really good with sticky fingers in them you know he's he's uh He's really good with an uh, Onyx uh, alumni, and I, I really, I really do dig that. With that being said, I would not make Sticky <laughs> Fingers fucking uh, Nick Fury. I wouldn't do that at all, ever. Oh my gosh! Uh, I can't even think of who I was thinking of now.
1: But yeah, I would prefer. It doesn't matter how it happened. If he was old Nick Fury or transitioning up to being old Nick Fury, I'd be cool with it. Uh, I'm
0: cool with it. You can also but, you can damn near sorry. cast. Uh, uh, Samuel Jackson as his, as his young self, the CGI include like if how, he who, who is that? What? If he shaved, you mean? If he shaved everything off, like went young. The beard, died. yeah, you bland. can you can cast you can like give him a fade or hair like how they be putting hair on his head like you can um you can make him um a younger a version of himself as is you know um at, at the at the forefront of a civil war, no 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 yeah what civil I think was civil war. Or was it it's Avengers Storm. 2? Who we, who
1: we getting to play Storm? Who we getting to play Storm? You know who I want to play
0: Storm? Who? To, uh,
1: what's her name? Tahaja P?
0: Taraj P. P. To, oh, Tahajah P. Henson? Taraji P. Brownberry? Henson have not seen that. I wanted to see it, but they stopped playing it in the theater. It's like after a couple of weeks. That
1: is such a good movie. It's like the black John Wick. It's horribly rope, but it's like you see her in a, oh my God.
0: I just fell in love with. All right. Oh my God. I man. love I love like a lot of Rosie. I, with, girl, I fell in love with Taraji I mean, P Henson mm-hmm. and uh, there's one movie called uh, Talk to Me. It was, with Don Chito it was a Don Cheeto and Chevalier Giuffre. It's about a radio DJ cat in the DC area that uh, Don Cheeto is oh, playing it. Oh. <laughs> like man, I fell in love with Home Girl that you movie gotta right
1: understand, there. Understand, baby. Look, when she walked in and she was like, "You gotta understand him, baby." He just an old ass nigga from Washington D.C. All right, he don't give a fuck about nothing you talk about. He just that was too much for him. Yeah, I liked her in that. That was my. That was my yeah, I fell in
0: love with that kid. chick, and it was like nobody knew who she was, but I,
1: didn't, I, didn't, I was paying attention. I didn't know that was a true story until I seen the end, and I was like, "This is a true story." And I was like,
0: "I'm from I'm from, D. C. Uh, <laughs> I'm from D.C. I'm from D.C. I knew it was a true story." But uh, I just know I didn't know the total scope. Like I didn't know about his total life and all his other good stuff, you know. But yeah, I knew it was a true story though. But Taraji P Henson, uh, that's my homegirl, though. I'll definitely uh, throw put her in, man. I think she'd be storm. Did she say what? Yeah. I think she. Yeah, I like uh, Ale- Alexandra's Ship though, like the Young Storm that they had in the Apocalypse. But if you're gonna cast, uh, this is sliding into like other stuff now. But Apocalypse should be a black villain. Plain and simple, Apocalypse should have been um, Tony Todd, Candyman, Tony Todd. That should have been Apocalypse. I said that shit on Twitter, and I I hit Tony Todd up on Twitter. He liked the fuck out of that shit. I'm young, I'm telling you. Tony Todd should have been fucking Apocalypse. They did some crazy morphing sound engineer shit for the dude's voice. No, Tony you know Todd's what? voice alone I should have been fucking Apocalypse. That that was- movie Candyman was the first movie that scared the
1: shit and i don't get scared of movies at all but that was the first movie i saw when i was younger and i was like this movie is kind of scary bro like this is some this is some this is like no i don't say candy man in my, my mirrors bro
0: stop doing that like, yeah i don't <laughs> let nobody i don't <laughs> let mamas <everybody laughs> do this shit now bloody mary candy man Nah.
1: Is that like? And you know what's funny is that my favorite part of that movie is something I used to say to people in meetings and you know when people, when he would walk up to her and he'd be like, Claire, Claire, be my victim. I was <laughs> like, that is the coldest shit to say to somebody. I'm saying like, though,
0: most, I don't let like, anybody like, say anything five hey, times in the mirror my way. Like, you can't even call God out five times in the mirror in the bathroom around me. So, nah, I ain't, no, Candyman, Bloody Mary, nah, ain't none of that shit. All right, so I'm about to bring this joint to a close. So, you have any last words to add to this podcast here?
1: We did not talk about the topic at
0: all. (laughs) We didn't
1: talk about the topic at all. Kind of did. We were supposed to be talking about the social reflection that people are having on Black Panther, and we talked about everything. but
0: Except that, yeah, we we dove into it a little bit, then we we mad deviated from that joint. All right, so me, I'll say... uh, I will, I will close with that, that a lot of people
1: are having a social experience with the title of the movie versus the reflection of what the movie should be. You know, I saw somebody give a review that was perfect. They were basically like, shut the hell up. It's a comic book. Enjoy it. It's a comic book. Don't put too much into it. It's just a lot of social um, ideology snuck in so that it can be kind of a, a it's like an inner circle thing to see the social reflections. Like, if we get into that movie, it is literally, kill all the white people, or rule the white people as royalty. And that's the only thing that the movie is really about. The two perspectives is Marcus Garvey or or Nat Turner. Killmonger is Nat Turner, and Chikala is Marcus Garvey, but Chicala is refusing to rule all the white people, even though he physically has the ability, the ability to do so. Yeah, and then, Right, and then even in the in the movie, like how you wrote it, I never looked at it from that perspective of he does have 100% positive female role models, and that's why he's more mothering to the approach of royalty and rulership, it's more of a nurturing that he has, it's not a, I don't want to fight, because he does fight, it's more of a nurturing that he is actually taken uh, to the point, um, and it's kind of interesting. It's like, I never looked at it from that perspective, but what I did look at was, and this is a little bit different, though, is what if his head bodyguard took the Black Panther serum and became a okay, Koye? Okay. She would be the strongest. Because her ability with that weapon, I was watching stuff over and over. That move that she did in the club... That is like a technical... It's about around thing. her neck. ...and I was like, did she really do that? <laughs> like, no, bro, she threw it around her neck. And, like, i yeah. a martial artist, so I was watching...
0: Yeah, I'm like, I'm how do you that spin it that many... Yeah, that I'm that. a martial... I'm a stick she fighter guy. I'm a stick and fighter her, guy. It's what she was doing... Was how do like you spin it that many times around her neck? You do that with a sword. When you spin with a sword,
1: you spin facing the opponent with the weapon. So if they strike at your back... They hit the weapon. So when you turn, you always put the sword to your back to attack from force. And then you bring it around like this when you move. She takes the spear, throws it down her back, catches it with this hand. And I'm watching to see if it's CGI, and it's not. She throws it, catches it, points down, defends her back, turns to the guy here. But then she flips it around her neck and goes... (sighs) To hit the dude behind her with the spear
0: point, and catches it, and hits this dude. I was like, "Bro, young, oh, you know, like oh, the like the uh, so it was my it was Koye moment has to be when she took the... Like she walks into this this damn club, and I I I spent time in Busan as the mil as the military bama and shit. I love that city. I love it when it's... I love when these random ass spots are represented because I'm like oh shit, I was in Heidelberg, oh shit, I was in Busan, oh shit, I was in, I was in Mainz, oh shit, I was in fucking Frankfurt, like, I love, I love that shit, anyway, um, so they're in Busan, which is an amazing city in Korea, I highly recommend folks to visit that motherfucker, anyway, the nightclub in Busan, uh, like, a high-end nightclub in Busan, and, uh, <laughs> she walks up in there, and is like, man, f- like, motherfucker, I hate this motherfucking wig, get the fuck out of here, can you put a fucking wig on my head, fuck you bitch i don't want no fucking wig in my head i'm paraphrasing here but yeah that's was her sentiment fuck y'all just put me a fucking wig in my head the fuck out of here and then she has to get if into a fight
1: took Black serum, if she if took she, that serum, it
0: would be bad. she got into it would a fight and the, like one of the things she did she took that wig it threw that shit in a white man's face and it's like and you know, when i when i wrote my article on it it was like you know it's like, all right, so you have a black woman, a strong black woman who is, who's, she's lamenting the fact that she has to, she has to, um, you know, adhere to white societal, um you know, customs and, cur- you know, cur- courtesies and standards of beauty, you know, and this is a strong ass black woman here serving a, a black king. And she's like... A fucking wig, nigga, you never had me wear a wig before, get the fuck out of here, I don't wanna wear no fucking wig in this damn nightclub, and then, you know, it's like, you know, she knows this it's her duty, cause she's a soldier, she gotta wear that shit, so, she's in a fucking fight, she throws the, one of the first things she do, is take that wig off, and throws that shit in the white man's fucking face, and it's like, this rejection of white standards, thrown into a white man's face, the symbology, you know, you can cut it, it's so thick in the mu- in the movie that you can tongue it and taste it. Not only can you tongue it and taste it, put it in your mouth, but you can cut that motherfucking fucking chainsaw. You feel me? It was so fucking thick, you can cut it with a fucking chainsaw, and it was magnificent. And these are the reasons why damners need to see this motherfucking movie. But I need to end this podcast. So while what I will say is that I'll allow that to be my last word. And I'll say that it's about that time. Thanks for joining us. Before you leave, if you like what you heard, click like and subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you go for your podcast. Now let us let this be the last time we hear from you and you hear from us. Follow us on Facebook, and If you want to be heard, you can always leave a voice message at 202-854-1996. Last but not least, be sure to check us out on afrosaflow.com or anything that pertains to intelligent black thought. This is Johnny Silvercloud and Chief Infame. Wakanda Forever. Chief Infonda, yeah. And uh, let's just let's talk about this right here. Uh Infame, he's actually trying to like in the in all essence create a real Wakanda. You should check this cat out. More on that later. So uh this Yeah, this is Johnny Silvercloud signing out. Peace.